Blog Talk Radio. the country and around the world streaming live on the internet it's real estate coaching radio bringing you the latest news interviews and secrets of the top producers hosted by award-winning real estate coaches tim and julie harris we are back welcome all listeners welcome all of you who listen who are listening live and those of you who are listening in replay Boy, I have to tell you, you guys love the topic Julie and I have been presenting to you this week, and I really appreciate all the great feedback. And, of course, the topic has been how to get unstuck, or maybe a subtopic would be how to feel motivated every day, because really they're the same idea. And I think a lot of you are feeling stuck, pun intended with what I'm about to say, in the horrible weather we're having across most of the country. You're feeling stuck because you're ready, willing, and able to go out there and start working with buyers and sellers, but because of the never-ending winter that we seem to be having, there just isn't that much activity for you to seek, for you to go after. So I totally and completely understand. And listen, I'm here to tell you that this winter is going to bring with it some surprises. And here's what it's going to be. Some wonderful surprises if you're going to be attentive and if you're not going to allow yourself to stay stuck. And here it is. There's going to be such a pop of buyer and seller activity that's probably going to start happening towards the end of this month into next month that it's going to make you feel almost overwhelmed with the opportunity to make money and to help folks. That's what's going to happen. All the people that normally would have been out looking and listing right now, they're saying, well, you know what, we have to wait for the weather to clear. And once it does, there's going to be such a surge of activity, it's going to be incredible. And we, I have a coaching client in Laguna Beach, California, and he's having properties that normally would take, you know, maybe a few months to sell, sell in minutes because there's no inventory in that particular market. I have folks up in uh, Medina, Minnesota, personal coaching clients, and they're telling me the same exact thing, that, that for, right now it seems like for every one listing there's three or four buyers. Well, I have news for you. What I personally think is going to happen is we're still going to have a shortage of inventory, at least it's going to feel like it, but we're going to have more inventory, obviously, to choose from in the spring, and more buyers are going to be coming out of the woodwork. So I hope all of you are mentally and emotionally and really, honestly, physically prepared for the huge amount of business that you have the potential of earning starting realistically in less than 60 days. And if you do not totally and completely understand the opportunity that is still ahead of you to make this year your best year ever, and if you need a personal kick in the butt, especially if you're an existing coaching student of ours or you're ready to become a coaching student of ours and you need a free coaching call, in other words, you need a direct intervention into your stuckedness, I want you to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and request a free coaching call from one of our coaches. Our schedules are right there. You can pick the coach you want to uh, have your free coaching call with and set it up right there on the website. You don't need to wait for us to email you back or anything like that. It takes you probably about 60 seconds. So freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Julie? Yes, share with us one of your great stories from one of your wonderful coaching clients, something that, you know, again, an experience that they're having that you feel will resonate with all of our now thousands of listens. Sure, absolutely. Just hung up with a team of buyer's agents in Washington State. So the issue that they were coming across is having to deal with, not that this ever happens, but agents like to complain about other agents. So when they're dealing with 
what they feel to be either an inexperienced or less than professional listing agent, this is a team of buyer's agents, where they're trying to explain things like why they are writing an offer based on comps versus based on the overpriced price. So we talked a lot about how to present that, and I shared with them a negotiating strategy that we used to do, which is a lot of you guys will send over comps, right? You'll just fax it over, you'll email over the comps, right? So what I suggested to these buyer's agents were when you do that, you've got to formalize it and put that into a document called Addendum A, and then in the top of the contract just write, see attached Addendum A regarding pricing. Or maybe there's just questions or there's something else that they want to make sure that that listing agent on the other side actually presents. Remember, your contract says you must present all contracts and addendums. So they hadn't considered doing that, and they had been doing all this great work and had no reason to believe that the other agent was doing anything about it. So this was so in other words, a real-world real strategy that we did. So in other words, you basically made it a requirement of the presentation of the contract that Addendum A also gets presented, which is showing realistic Correct. prices. So the assumption is, and uh, duh, it's a good one, that the listing agent did not know how to price the property correctly and let the seller price it exactly. or just was completely out in the left field with pricing this particular property. So as a result of that, you end up with really an unsellable property at that price. So by presenting reasonable comps to that, seller's, uh, to that seller directly, and in a way skipping the listing agent, you guess what, will most assuredly have better information in the hands of the seller, and you might get that in contract. Whereas that listing agent may previously only have been um, presenting offers or then not letting the seller know that, guess what, I accidentally overpriced this or I intentionally overpriced this. I mean, this is all the psychology that's involved with being successful in real estate. So, Julie, that was a great point. And, you know, it's, something, it's, it's, it's interesting that they're facing these overpricing challenges. But another thing that we used to do is um, we would have written into the contract that the property – and this, duh, always exists anyway, assuming they're getting financing because of the uh, house has to appraise for, the, uh, for you know, the amount you're trying to purchase it for. But we would sometimes, in some cases, if it was a weird property – basically agree to the seller's price, but have the seller then agree that if the house doesn't appraise, that they'll adjust the price to whatever the appraisal is, which they have to anyway if they want to sell right. a property. So if you're exactly. dealing with a weird... Exactly, it, it does it does send a message, right, to the listing agent, to the seller, that, hey, you know, we're price sensitive. We're not going to overpay just because you're priced this way. Or, again, you know, they could have a weird property. They could have some waterfront mm -hmm. property but where Something the property itself is... Right, something hard to price. So that's the best way to do it. Say, listen, we tentatively will agree with your, agree to your price, you know, provided that you know it appraises. And if it doesn't, Mr. Seller, you agree to adjust the price to whatever the uh, appraisal set, appraiser says it's worth. Otherwise, I can't get financing. I mean, that's kind of a different strategy for you guys to go about working with some of these listings as you go into the spring market. You're going to be dealing with a lot of overpriced sellers. You're going to be doing a lot dealing a lot with uh, agents who are new or back into the market, who have no experience whatsoever actually getting properties sold. They have no experience whatsoever putting correct prices on houses. And they're listing right. whose houses? Their friends, their family. And so they're not going to be the ones that are necessarily going to have the chutzpah to tell them the truth that their price is unrealistic and they're never going to get it. So just to get the listing, they're going to tell them whatever price, mm -hmm. frankly, the seller wants. So That's right. And Tim, the there's another reason for this, you know, is that everyone thinks that we're going to have the same kind of boom during the recovery that we had last time. And I think a lot of agents want to believe that. And they forget that the difference now is 
instead of being able to bid a property up to whatever price you feel like with multiple bids, especially with low inventory, well, guess what? We're all subject to it actually appraising this time around. So, yes, you might have multiple bids, and it may the price may go up, but now that appraisals are much more regulated than they were last boom, you can't just do that. And so I think listing agents who are not aware of that and just want it to be like the free-for-all that they – you know, so much miss from the previous market, you know, they just throw a price and they figure, oh, I'll get multiple bids, it'll end up where it ends up, without as much sensitivity to real comps as they really should have. Well, okay, now with all that said, I'm going to warn all of you, especially those of you who are newer in uh, the learning how to be listing agents, don't become one of these agents that loses the listing over price. That's right, that's the other end of it, right? I mean, it's a delicate thing, this pricing conversation. The, the best way to handle it, in most cases, if you have a motivated seller, a seller that has to sell, and coaching clients, you guys know what we're talking about. So if you've got somebody that absolutely has to sell, but they're not, no matter what you do, try, uh, willing to set it at a realistic market price, our suggestion is you take it at their price, but you do it on the caveat that after two weeks or ten showings, if you don't have a real offer, as in a written offer from a real buyer, that they agree to adjust the price downward by 10% or whatever the correct list price should be. So, again, don't lose a listing over price. Here's the funny thing, Julie, and this, this is the kind of market right now where this can happen, right? So an agent goes in there with all, and one of these analytical types who thinks they're appraisers, and they go in there with all their comps and all their rationalizations, mm-hmm. and they, I'm going to get this listing priced right, and, and then, you know, you have all this incredible market research. So then the seller says, I really don't care. I'm going to list it at my price. And then because the listing or the hopeful listing agent was so bound and determined to be uh, uh, right about their research, they actually talked themselves out of the listing. Out of it. Yep. Out of it. Yeah, right. So you, you can take things overpriced because then what could happen potentially in a market like this, in a spring market like this, there could be a pretty significant bounce. And when that happens, that listing that appears overpriced by you know 10 or 15% now because of the nature of what's going on in the markets right now could be priced right in the next 30 to 60 days that happens all the time in California that happens all the time down in Florida on some of these condos the market yeah, but is Tim, a moving target I, I want to make sure that they got the the real underlying point to this which is you said something really critical if the seller is motivated and has to sell because if it's somebody who's just trying to get their price and they don't have to sell, they'll never let you price it in such a way it will sell, okay? Or so reprice it in such a way. Or reprice it in such a way, right? So as long – my rule, you know, when I teach scripts and agents learning how to do all of what we're talking about, I tell them, look, if they have to sell, you have to list it. That's your only rule. That's it. Unless That's they're it. here. That's the, okay, so if right. they have to sell – it's okay to take it a little bit overpriced because you know they're motivated enough to do the right thing if their overpriced price doesn't actually sell it. But if they're not, and they're, they're not going to be flexible with you if it's necessary, then I wouldn't spin my wheels. And so these are the conversations that we have with our advanced listing agents who go on a lot of appointments and have to sit, sift and sort and decide who they are going to actually spend their time with. What a nice problem to have to have to choose who your best listings will be. By the way, again, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching Clients, Harris Real Estate Coaching Clients, if you are talking with the seller for the first time about their list price at the listing table when you're sitting at their kitchen table, you have not followed the correct process. 
You never, ever, ever go on a listing appointment without knowing what the seller thinks their property is worth prior to going. If you do that, you're setting yourself up for failure nine times out of ten. So remember, existing coaching students, follow our pre-listing process. Use the scripts that we ask you to use. Get the price out of the seller using our script prior to going on the appointment, and then guess what? When you're sitting there with the seller, there aren't going to be any surprises. All the contentious points that happen during a listing process, all the things that agents usually juggle and hope and pray that you know they make it through. What are they? The list price, the commission, the net sheet, you know, and maybe some other little you know marketing plan and things like that. But really, those are the main things that make listing agents, potential listing agents, nervous. The reason they make you nervous is because you don't know what the seller's reaction is going to be to the net sheet, to the suggested list price, and all those things. So here you're putting yourself in this situation where you're sitting across the table from these people, and you're in an argument with them over money. Oh, that's comfortable. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that makes it you easy know, to close, doesn't it? <laughs> some of you avoid learning how to list properties because you don't realize that the traditional way that agents are taught to present CMAs at the time they're listing the house or trying to convince the seller to list with them, they don't realize that that is an absolutely stupid time to do it because at that point – you know, there's a hundred million different reasons why the seller might not choose you. How you present the price, they don't agree with your comps, and now you went from this nice social, you know, they're excited about you conversation, and now you're debating with them over the value of their fenced-in backyard. I mean, these are the types of things that you must avoid if you expect to be a successful listing agent. And all of our coaching students, you better sure as heck be following the listing process. And if you're not, it is part of your coaching program. It's part of the Real Estate Coaching Essentials program. So go in there and listen to every single video that we've done explaining you step-by-step-by-step how to go about effectively listing properties. Julie and I say this constantly. If you are accepting a ratio of appointments to listings taken any less than 100%, then, frankly, you're setting yourself up for failure. Your mindset has to be that you're going to take 100% of the listings you go on 100% of the time, and you should be able to do that uh, provided you follow the system. It's really that simple. We created this system, guys, the listing process, or listing process for anyone to be able to use. You don't have to be a seasoned grizzled veteran to be successful at it. Frankly, you know, you don't even have to have that much sales skill to be successful at it. You can be a new realtor and be successful at it. You can be a realtor that's had their license for 20 years but only relied on their social contacts for business and never learned how to sell, if we're being honest, uh, and you can be successful following it. It really is a foolproof system. So existing coaching students, make sure you're using it. Um, And, again, if you guys would like to learn more about that, obviously request a free coaching call, or we're going to tell you more about the Real Estate Coaching Essentials Program later in today's radio show during a little brief commercial. Speaking of which, we're going to take a quick break where you guys can learn how to uh, email or call in to Julie and I during the radio show. We'll We'll be back with you in about a half minute. You're listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Are you ready to ask Tim and Julie your toughest real estate sales, business, or lead generation question? Call us now at 347-857-1195 or email your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Now, back to Tim and Julie Harris. All right, Julie, so we're back. So the topic of today's and yesterday's and the day before's radio show has been how to get unstuck. And really what this is a call about is how to stay motivated every single day. 
Uh, we've talked a lot. Uh, we're not going to really cover too much, recover too much ground from our previous shows. Guys, do yourself a favor and go back and listen to the two previous radio shows. It's really what we feel to be a content, uh, ideas, concepts, things that you can easily put into action that in most cases you're going to feel immediate results from and see and experience the benefits of those results from the actions that you take. So, Julie, let's get right back to it, and let's pick up where we left off yesterday. What is the next point? The next point, again, our topic, how to get unstuck, how to stay motivated at least most of the time, if not all the time. Next point, make a dream board. This is a collage filled with images of your ideal life. Look at it at least once a day for focus and inspiration. It would be wise for you to have this in your office or home office. And I've got to tell you, this makes a huge difference. I have all of our coaching clients doing this. It's part of your real estate treasure map. I have them send me a picture of what their dream board looks like. And then I also ask them quarterly to let me know. I mean, usually I do know what they've been achieving because I talk to them every week. But we go back to their dream board and we say, all right, what's still on your dream board that you've already done where if we take that picture off, it leaves a white space that we need to replace so that we keep moving forward. Because the dream board, actually, there's something magical about that. It really does work only if you actually do the dream board. Because here's the thing. How many people got into real estate just to get by? Or did you get into real estate to improve your lot in life, to have a life? And some of you guys got kind of far away from that during the recession, some of you guys lost your own home, your rental houses, and you've kind of fallen off of the goal-setting train tracks, so to speak. Does that make sense, Tom? Well, they've given up on life. And, you know, there's a lot of folks, if we're being honest, that are in their 50s, their 60s, and 70s. And I've, talked, I've done free coaching calls with um, – I recently had one with a really great gal who is 82 – and, you know, the oh. thing is is that so many of us – it's awesome, isn't it? That mm-hmm. so many of us have gotten really, really knocked off our high horse as a result of this seven- or eight-year market correction. But you know what, guys? You've learned from that experience. That experience is a lot of you. It's, it's caused you to be, I think, a little bit more humble, certainly. In a lot of ways, it's really helped you to reprioritize what's important. You know, it's funny, Julie, we ask this question sometimes when we're doing live events. If you knew that, you know, say back in 2001 and two, that the next three or four years was going to be what it was in terms of, you know, probably one of the biggest bubbles in the history of, the his- of bubbles in terms of the housing market, and there would be more people, you know, buying and selling and more opportunities for you to make money, what would you do differently if you knew it was only going to last four or five years? You know, the answer is not I would go out and buy five Ferraris. The answer is always I would have saved more. I would pay right. off my debt, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what people are reflecting back upon, the fact that they wish they would have, A, been more observant of the opportunity, and B, been more, frankly, responsible with the money that they made. Well, guess what, guys? Please listen to me, and I don't care what your age is. I don't care where you live in the country. I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your religion or your political standing is. We are at the very beginning stages of what will undoubtedly be, I'm not going to call it a bubble, but I would call it a real estate resurgence. And it will, again, be a cycle, and it will take about seven years. And I would argue that maybe last year started uh, represented the first part of that start, but this is definitely 2014, seven years forward. You know, and depending on where you are in the market, it's going to feel in the country, it's going to feel different. But for the most part, we are entering into what will be another uh, expansion of the real estate sector, opportunities for all of you to make a lot more money. So, go back and reconnect with the idea that you still can 
have an incredible life. You still can pay off all your debt. You still can be financially free. You can go and recreate and rewrite your own. You're you're writing your own comeback story right now, provided you actually take the effort and do it. Uh, for you, you know, it's funny, Julie. I remember when the in 2007, in September 2007, when the first subprime company closed up in California, mm-hmm. and then all these agents who didn't even know that all their transactions were subprime transactions lost all their pendings. I mean, that was very shocking for lots of people. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people, basically, a lot of agents just basically never recovered from that. The smart ones said, well, okay, let's do short sales now. And then they made a absolute fortune doing short sales while the other agents were waiting for the market to come back. But what's happening now is a lot of those agents that were doing short sales and REOs, you guys are not shifting back to embrace the fact that there's new market that's presenting itself. So just like you were smart back in 2007, 8, and 9, you've got to be smart now and take advantage of this new market that's starting to come your way, provided you're willing to be receptive to it. Don't think that your success was fleeting. Accept the fact that your success can be ever-increasing day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Why just, you know, say I had a few good years and say the hell with it? Have, like, a few good decades, and then maybe you can kick your feet back. That's a mindset shift a lot of you need to embrace. So the dream board concept is very simple. Take everything and all of the experiences, everything you want to buy, everything you want to do, every everything you possibly want to have happen in your life that you want to materialize in your life, put it on a board so you can look at it, so you can think about it, so you can experience it. Some of you have done dream boards before, again, back in the boom, and it almost is shocking how effective those are at making all those dreams come true. Get back to it. You know it works. What's the next point, Jules? All right, so next point is the big rocks. Story, and I'm trying to remember exactly how that goes. So maybe you and I will tell that together, or you remember it. A little no bit problem. So basically, yep. you've got a, you've Go got ahead. a jar. You've got a jar, and you've got a bunch of big rocks. And you have a bunch of small rocks. So imagine that you have a jar with a bunch of big rocks, and you have a bunch of small rocks. The big rocks represent the most important things in your life. This is a who, who originally thought this up? It wasn't Julie, right? It was a psychologist. Stan I remember like hearing that? it at Howard Brinton back That's ages right. ago. Yeah, I don't remember where it originated, but it's a great concept. Basically, the idea is that if you don't fit the big rocks in first, the little rocks are never going to fit, and we spend all of our time putting the little rocks in our jar. So the jar represents the amount of time you have on this earth, right? So that's the amount of time that you have looking at the green side of the grass, if you will. The big rocks are the most important things in your life. Those can be familial in many cases. There can be just experience with the things that matter most, the things that – you know, on my free coaching calls this week, what I've been doing is I've been asking, trying to really challenge the folks to think bigger and asking them this simple question. And all of you, I'm not going to ask you the same question uh, right now. So you and I, and uh, we're all sitting on a beach, and, we're, and this is uh, January of 2015, so it's basically, you know, almost a year ahead. And we're looking back upon your 2014. And I ask you this simple question as we pull the cork out of the wine bottle. What were the things that you are most proud of from having accomplished in the previous 12 months. So that very question I've noticed when asking that, a lot of people have no clue how to answer it. 
because they have stopped or never started thinking like that to begin with. They'll say, well, I wanted to have, you know, I want to pay off all of my debt. Okay, well, that's a good thing, but you've got to drill down on what specifically that means. I want to have had, I want to have lost 15 pounds or I want to have whatever. Well, you need to develop a plan around that in order to have that goal come true. Or a lot of you, honestly, have no idea how to answer the question. Because you just were planning on going through life half asleep for another 12 months or weren't planning it was just going to happen. And now with confronted with the idea that you can actually create some really remarkable things in your life in the next 12 months, you guys get excited. And it is exciting. So the well, it's rock, nice for us to see that again because some of these guys have yes. been in self-imposed exile for too long. Yes, that's you right. Know, they've gotten so, really good at beating themselves up for the mistakes that they made, that we all made, the country made. You know that, but think of how long ago that's been. We need to move forward. We've got it, and I love hearing their excitement come back, and getting them back in touch with the things that excited them. I say, you know, when you got your license, you had big dreams. That's why you did it. People don't just roll out of bed and get a license. You had a reason for it, right? So let's get back to that reason, and get that excitement back. That's a lot more fun. I think everybody would agree. So the big rocks represent the most important things in your life, and the little rocks are maybe things that are lesser important but still have to occupy time in your life. So if you try to put all the little rocks in your jar first, obviously you're not going to have any literally time or energy left for the big ones. And that's what so many people do. They allow their life energy to be consumed by little menial things that, again, if we're back you know, to that idea that we're sitting on a beach and we're talking about what you're looking back upon – Ask yourself that question right now, looking back on 2013, guys. Ask yourself, what is it that you're specifically the most proud of that you've accomplished in the last 12 months? Some of you are going to have a long list, and congratulations to you. You know, Some of you aren't going to have any idea what you did in the last 12 months, and most of you are going to fall somewhere in the middle. Well, is that how you want your 2014 to go, with sort of this lack of clarity? Or do you want to actually know that you accomplish specific things? So you've got to put those big rocks first. You've got to make them a priority. You have to schedule them. You have to create a plan around them. You have to create a business plan around them. We teach you guys how to make your business work around your life, not your life work around your business. The days of having to make your life work around your real estate practice are over. Make your business work around your life. That's the point of working. That's the point of making a profit, to enrich your life, to enrich the the life of the people that you love. Not just to do it, not just for fun, right? So, Julie, what's the next point? Okay, so the next point I love, it's simple. Stop gossiping. Average people love gossip. It's their currency. But exceptional people adore ideas. Ideas move the world forward. Gossip keeps you in the same place. And I can think of people, you know, when people don't gossip, it's actually noticeable when someone has kind of a gossip-free policy. And the agents are terrible with this stuff. They're all about, did you hear what happened to this person? And did you hear what happened to that person? And, you know, I, I remember back in our careers, we, we were some of the first agents to use the 800 number. Oh, IVR technology. Oh, that oh, was so This must be illegal, right? <laughs> and agents tried to turn us into the division for using an 800 number. Seriously? Yep. You know, so, and, and they like to talk about it. Did you hear what they're doing? Oh, my gosh, it must be illegal. That's why they have so many listings, right? Agents are terrible about this stuff. So cut it out. Agents and actually, this agents. will make you do more deals. Go ahead. Well, you know, but the funny thing is, is I bet you there's agents back in Columbus that are still mm-hmm. thinking that somehow we used alchemy and witchcraft to sell as many houses as oh, fast sure. as we did. 
I guarantee you there's still agents back there that still, you know, I remember there was an agent in our office, Julie, that was absolutely insulted. Just, he got mad. He was yelling at us, storming around (laughs) because he saw us give an MLS book to a buyer. Oh, I remember that. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why would you ever do that? You remember that? Like you're breaching some kind of mystical agreement or something. I, I know. know. Well, I mean, but it's here shocking. it is. Nowadays, nowadays we're, you guys have your ML, all the MLS data on your websites, right? You know, so, so anyway, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, so cut all out right. the gossip because who has time for it anyway? And, you know, I do remember what Rory used to say to us about that. He would say, well, look at it this way. They're gossiping about you. They're not buying or selling with any clients, are they? So right. there's a lesson in that, I think. Well, and the other thing is, is why do we gossip at all? We gossip because we get a little ego surge every time we say, did you hear, right? Mm-hmm. And it can go, that's the whole reason that sites like TMZ and Perez Hilton yeah. and, heck, most of the news, it's all about feeding that ego. There's a little power surge from the one that's passing along the, the gossip. Notice next time you tell somebody some new information or some, something that really is gossip, notice how it makes you feel. You get this strange little almost endorphin high, this real quick little it's currency. snippet. It's like, you know, right. you've got something that they don't have. And some people, again, especially in the real estate industry, as Julie said, they have in their minds built wealth amongst their friends because they're always the first to know, okay? And they're always the first to essentially never have any money because the fact is, is that gossiping is part and parcel of the same sort of defective thinking that keeps us from moving our business and our personal lives forward. It's part of the same ego-ridden overthinking that so many of us are addicted to. Coaching students, obviously, you know what we're talking about. Maybe we'll talk about that more in another radio show. But there really is an addiction that we have societally to this constant thinking that manifests itself through gossip, through this sort of uh, insidious news cycles that we're kind of all having to wade through. Again, guys, point from yesterday, media-free life, not just media-free morning, media-free life. Cut it all out. No more radio. No more TV. TiVo what you want to see ahead of time. That's what we do. Don't read the newspaper. I, you know, I have people, coaching clients, coming to me and telling me the weather reports because I don't even know what it is. And guess what? I don't really care. Okay, it doesn't really have any bearing on what jo- kind of job I do as your coach. So avoid all things that even remotely resemble gossip, and your soul, your very essence, will feel so much more lightened and almost, I don't know how to describe it, but when you've disengaged from that sort of chatter in your mind, when you disengage from people who are also trying to infect you with their chatter, you will feel much more connected with all the things that truly matter in life. What's the next point, sweetie? Next point is to read great books and or listen to them in audiobook. That way you can do a little bit of multitasking, perhaps while you're in the treadmill or something like we do. So read great books. One of our most favorite is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And he also has uh, 17 Success Principles books, which are fantastic. Every, you know, Napoleon is one of those authors where you read it several, many times in your life, and it always has a little bit different meaning. But each time, it's very timely, and you know, it's just such powerful stuff. So be careful what you are reading. We've, we've recommended that you have a media-free life. So replace it with good stuff. If you're going to read and listen to stuff, which is natural and normal, Control what's going into your head, and it's amazing the difference that that makes. 
Absolutely is. And by the way, Julie and I republished Think and Grow Rich, and we made it a Think and Grow Rich real estate edition, so you can get that on Amazon.com. Just go to on Amazon, just put in Think and Grow Rich or Think and Grow Rich, Tim and Julie Harris, and you'll find the book that we re-released. Um, we re- literally re-released Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill's book, and we added a lot of real estate-specific content to the book. So it's something we designed with you in mind. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get to our next points on how to stay unstuck and stay motivated every day. Everyone knows that real estate coaching can be expensive. Most coaching companies charge $1,000 a month and demand that you sign a long-term, ball-and-chain 12-month contract. But what if there was a proven system that gave you the essentials to almost guarantee your real estate success? The marketing and lead generation systems, centers of influence and past client systems, business systems, scripts, and presentations, everything you need to dominate your real estate market. Real Estate Coaching Essentials is that system, and it's affordable for every agent who's ready to take their business to the next level. For a limited time, Tim and Julie Harris are offering this award-winning program for only $197 a month. You can enroll right now and receive the first seven days for free. That's right. Enroll today and take the next seven days to have complete access to everything you need to build a successful real estate business. Get started today at agentcoachingsecrets.com. Again, that's agentcoachingsecrets.com. You know, Julie, that commercial actually, it, I am thinking about some free coaching calls that I've been doing lately, and it is amazing to me that uh, our competitors all demand, insist I know it. on a long-term and I have a call right contract. after this call with somebody who is involved with one of those companies and is just about ready to bail for that reason. Well, I mean, I just, just honestly, I don't get how any agent would ever, you know, the only reason is that they sign this contract is because they don't know what they're signing. That has just to be it. They're yeah. pressured or manipulated. Like they have pre- to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But guys, listen, I mean, just think about this for a second. <laughs> Literally everyone else that you might be comparing our coaching services to, and listen, we are not afraid of using the word competition, neither should you, because the reality of it is there is competition. And by me talking about the competition, I don't put you in a position to go out and find out who my competition is. That's how you guys think if you ask, are you interviewing any other agents? And I know that that's not true. The reality of it is, is that you guys are going out there and comparing us to other people. Of course you are, and I know that because you tell us. And guess what? You sign up with us because you realize that we're offering so much more for, in many cases, dramatically less money. But here's an interesting concept. Every single one of our competitors demands that you sign, as we said in that old break, a long-term ball and chain contract, six to 12 months. Now, what control do you have if you don't like the product that you're getting, if you don't like the coach you're assigned to, if you don't like the experience you're having? Well, where's the accountability? Honestly, where is the accountability? Right. Right. Every single one of our competitors, if you don't like what you're getting and you stop paying, they will sue you. They will pursue you for the unpaid contract even if you didn't like what they told you, essentially the experience you were having. Does that even remotely make sense to you? Tell me some other aspect in life, aside from, say, for example, a loan for a car or a house, where you will sign up for a service and you're obligated to pay for 6 or 12 months, regardless of the quality of the service that they deliver. 
It's insanity. So please, Well, folks, you know, the you... only thing that does that, Tim, is uh, cell phone contracts. They're even getting away from it now. And I yeah, know we, that we, we all just love our cell phone contracts, don't we, how we're treated when we try and change that. That's fun, real professional, Well, we right? just signed – we just you and I just bought new iPhones, and we didn't sign contracts. We did yeah, a month they're month even getting away. T-Mobile. Yeah. I mean, yeah, why would you sign a contract for anything? It just – I mean, if you didn't have to, why are you going to obligate? The contract puts the person who's receiving your signature in control, not you. So anyway, enough about that. Jules, what's the next point? <laughs> we get excited. Um, all well, right, it just so, makes sense to me. I know it. So the next point is to embrace change. Victims are frightened by change, and leaders grow and are inspired by it. And as far as coaching goes, you know, the, the first thing that pops into my mind is all the REO agents that I'm talking to lately where, you know, they got doing REOs because that's what the market called for at the time, but their relationships have dried up on them. And they're just like, it's like they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, when their inventory gets low enough, now they finally are scared enough to do something about it. So embrace change. We always say take what the market is willing to give you at the time you are in the market. So if you look around and you still have lots of short sales around you, you've got to make sure your short sale knowledge is up to speed. That if you're in a market like, for example, Austin, where maybe there's a new construction boom, be aware, be present, be cognizant of what the market is here to give you and make sure you're embracing it. I think some agents, Tim, thought that because the last adjustment in the market was so severe that somehow that's the only time they're going to have to deal with that versus seeing the little mini changes that happen practically monthly or even daily, certainly quarterly. That's why we study so much of this and put it on the blog, realestateinsidernews.com. It does matter what's happening around you, and it matters more that you embrace it and do something about it. Well, you know, here's a little idea. When Julie and I were selling real estate in Ohio, um, you know, one of the ways that we stayed ahead of our competitors, and again, there's that word again, get used to it, one of the ways we stayed ahead of our competitors was we got out of the market on a regular basis, and we went to the parts of the country where the competition was 100,000 times more fierce than it was in our home market. So we would go to L.A., we would go to Florida, we would go to Manhattan, we would go to all these areas where there was really fantastic agents. And you know the other thing is, honestly, if you go to areas where the average sale price is really low and you see you know, three or four agents with hundreds of listings, well, they're pretty darn good too. So we would go out of our market on a regular basis. This was before coaching became kind of, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say very prominent. And back when we called it shadowing, um, nowadays you can get this information through a great coach a lot faster than you can the way we did it, trust me. And so we would pay 3500 bucks or whatever to spend a day with some top-producing agent. And, you know, we did it with Ryan Sorrell in Colorado. We did it with some other people. And, you know, the thing is, is that but when you are able to go and get that kind of information and bring it back to your market, you're going to be ahead of the learning curve. So what happened? Julie and I would introduce ideas into the real estate market. Some of them were ours, some of which we'd borrowed from other top producers around the country. We'd bring those ideas back. We'd put them into use. We'd start making money from them. And then it was amazing that it wasn't right away, but it would be some cases three, four years later, our competitors would start doing what we were doing. But at that time, we, had already, we were already on to the next thing. The idea that something that worked today will work tomorrow in a market, an economy, and a way people consume information is insane. You have to constantly be changing. Opposed to being intimidated by that, feeling overwhelmed by that, embrace it, love it, realize that within the fact that the market is ever-changing is a competitive advantage to you, provided you're willing to be the change agent. 
So if you're one of these agents that just wants to do as people tell you and do what your broker says and do what everyone's done for the past whatever, and you think you're going to be able to you know, be a one-spoke wonder and uh, be successful long-term, well, then you're not going to change, and your market, the market's going to pass you by, and you're just going to be one of the 99%. But for those of you who get it, and I know those of you out there who are listening to me right now who are part of the 1%, you're probably in your mind thinking right now, shut up, Tim. Do not tell my competitors how I stay ahead of the curve. Keep your mouth shut. Keep the secrets to yourself. But the reality of it is is that you can uh, be ahead of the curve by applying simple concepts and evolving what you're already doing to adapt to this market, this economy, the way that consumers nowadays want to interact with you. And if you're trying to do it in some old-school, old-fashioned way, don't be surprised if it feels harder. It's harder because you're going against the tide. You're going against the stream. The wind is in your face, whereas before it was at your back. So things have changed, except you haven't. Next point. All right, so next point, and that was an excellent one, is to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable at least once every seven days. And for our most advanced students, I would even say practically every day in real estate, if you're going to be successful, you have to do something that makes you uncomfortable. And that could be something as simple as actually calling your leads back with urgency the second they come in. You might not feel like being bothered with that, and I hear that sometimes from agents that like, it's an ego thing on some level, right? I, I don't want to feel like I'm on call, right? And yet, you want to make a lot of money. So you've got to come to terms with the fact that the most successful agents who are making the highest income and having the best lives, because let's face the facts, doing stuff in life does cost something, right? Those agents have become comfortable with being uncomfortable quite frequently. I think that's one of the main differences between ordinary struggling agents and agents who really are having the life of their dreams? Well, most people spend essentially every waking moment doing anything uh, and everything to avoid ever feeling uncomfortable, right? right. I mean, exactly. isn't how most people exist? Mm-hmm. That's the reason that most people live in basically quiet desperation their entire lives, because they're trying to avoid that feeling of being uncomfortable. Yeah, that's they why take... agents mostly live on referrals, because that's what they're comfortable with. Right. So the whole comfort thing, it's an interesting you know, concept that whatever you're resisting the most is where your growth needs to be. Whatever, wherever and whatever you're resisting the most is where your growth needs to be. There are things in your business, opportunities that you have right in front of you, that you maybe have in your mind have brushed under the carpet, but things you can be taking action on that make you uncomfortable because you don't know how to do it, because you don't feel it fits your personality or whatever other reason that you have basically created for yourself not to do it, if you were to simply take action on those items one every seven days, you would be amazed, A, at how quickly you get results, and B, at how quickly you forget that you were ever afraid to take that action in the first place. It all starts with these small baby steps. So, Julie, what's the next point? All right, the next one is interesting. Remember to double your income. You've got to triple your investment in learning, coaching, and self-education. I think it's interesting that the best listing agents in the country all have coaches. I think it's interesting that our best, most profitable agents haven't just been coached like here and there when they need a little boost. They've believed in coaching long-term through all of the levels of their career. So to double your income, triple your investment in learning, coaching, and keeping your education going. One of the things that makes me crazy as a coach, Tim, and I think you would concur with this, is agents that kind of declare that they already know everything. 
They oh, I took that class two years ago, right? Especially like short sale. <laughs> I went to a free seminar in my office a couple of years ago. I'm good with that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know how much things well, they're have just, changed? They're just uncoachable. Okay. I mean, really, people people that's at that level are just it. uncoachable. Right. I mean, you just, so I, we have nothing for you. If that's your mind, well, you know what? I'll dare say that anyone listening to this radio show doesn't have that mindset. Or they would, stop listening. they would stop listening to it about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I would venture a guess that most of the people that have started listening to us every single day are, I would guess, for the most part, ready to make some quantum changes, trying to decide if they trust us to help them show the way. Others of them have been you know, listeners. I know of you guys have been with us forever, so are probably, for the most part, just reinforcing what you're already experiencing in your own business. You know, and then there's people who, like I said, will listen for a short while, won't like what we said or how we said it, have will rationalize that somehow we're full of it, and then they'll just stop listening. That's fine. More room for the rest of us. No problem. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get to the next point. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach. A proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best not someone who is simply assigned to you, or even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online? at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. 
Okay, and thank you, Rochelle. And those of you who are students of our university know Rochelle is head of customer service, and she did a great job on that little commercial. So, Rochelle, I know you're listening. Good job on that. So we're going to get to the next point, and this next point is so important. It is dream big, then dream bigger. So here's a little analogy, or I don't know if you want to call it an analogy. It's more of a parable, but here goes. So I want you to imagine you're standing right now at a uh, – target shooting range and you have a bow and arrow and I want you to imagine downfield from you is the target now remember a, a, a target is something of essentially a series of circles there's the bullseye and then there's the other circles that are outside the bullseye and the further away from the bullseye you get obviously the less points you get when you're shooting your arrow you with me on this everyone has this concept you've done this in gym before or you've seen this on TV you know what I'm talking about so you're standing at the top of the field shooting your arrow downfield, and you have the bow in your hand, left hand, right hand, which, which we're okay. So there you go. You have the bow in your hand, and now you're going to pull back. The arrow is in your other hand. You're going to pull back on the cord, and you're going to give it as much tension as you possibly can, and then you're going to aim that arrow. You're going to aim that arrow downfield towards the target. Now the question I have for you, before you release, Please keep the tension. Hold the tension in your arm. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Before you release that arrow, question for you. Are you going to aim that arrow above the target, at the target, or below the target? I want you to think about that before you release that arrow. Okay, go ahead and release it. Okay, we're watching it go down. Okay, now where did it land? Now, if you aimed above the target, chances are you hit the target and you may have hit, even hit the bullseye. If you aimed at the target, there's an excellent chance, because that pesky thing called gravity, that you actually didn't even hit the target and you fell below the target. And obviously, if you aim below the target, then you didn't even come close and the, tar- and the arrow might be sticking in your foot right now. You get my point? So in order to hit the target, let alone hit the bullseye, you have to aim above the target. You have to aim, when you're setting goals, you have to set goals that are bigger than what you normally set for yourself. That's how you accomplish things. So if your goal is, for example, to fly to Italy, you want to take your family to Italy for September. I mean, Mark Shandro, one of our great longtime coaching students, he went to, uh, was it Monaco last year for his summer break. And when he and I were originally, you know, he was telling me that was his goal and he wanted to set aside the money. And, of course, the original plans were to go to Travelocity and figure out the least expensive way to go to Monaco and stay in the, you know, Monaco equivalent to Holiday Inn and, you know, kind yeah. of how most people think. The Monaco said, Motel 8. Exactly. I said, well, I said, Mark, I said, Mark, hell no. Here's your challenge. Not only are you going to take your family, all, uh, you know, obviously all your, your two kids and your, and your wife, and you're, you're going to fly, but you're going to fly in business class or first class on Virgin Air. And let me tell you, if you've never flown in business class or Virgin or, or uh, uh, first class on Virgin Air to Europe, take it from me and Julie, you're missing an experience because literally one time we flew to uh, one of our last times going to Europe, we flew there and literally James Bond was on another flight and, and the uh, Virgin uh, Air, uh, what would you call it, lounge the in VIP LAX. Lounge. Yeah. Quite literally, we are sitting with James Bond um, having drinks. But that's a different yeah. story that maybe we'll share with you sometime <laughs> in the future. I'm not making that up. Anyway, so Mark's challenge was to fly to Europe first class when Europe stay at nothing but one-star hotel or five-star hotels. And then also, how about renting a Ferrari and driving around a Monaco while you're there? How about 
going out on a, a boat ride in, into the into the you know the sea. How about actually having an experience that's so far beyond what you ever normally would have expected for yourself? And then, okay, great. Now you have that vision. Let's figure out how to pay for it. Let's figure out what you have to do, uh, you know, production-wise to actually have that experience. And we did, and he did, and his video reporting, a great testimonial video from him in Monaco is on our blog. So, guys, there it is. When you are aiming above the target, not only will you hit the target, but you'll accomplish way more in life. A lot of you have the habit of not, A, not even standing on the field in the first place, and that's the honest-to-God truth. B, if you do show up and you do decide that maybe you're going to shoot some arrows, you don't even bother picking up the bow or the arrow, so you don't even really try. Those of you without a business plan, I'm talking to you because that is what you're doing. You're not even trying. And then, so, and then some of you, what you do, most of you, I would say, who do pick up the bow and arrow, because you don't have a coach, because you don't have a business plan, because you don't know really what the heck you're doing, you just shoot that damn arrow wherever the heck it'll go. You do. Right. You don't know what you're doing. You but don't only have when you oh. feel like it, if you feel like it, on a day that it makes sense, right? That's right. right exactly. <laughs> when your feelings are in alignment and you feel motivated, opposed right. to doing it anyway. So, again, this is where I know some of you are not going to listen to us anymore because we've just insulted you because what we said to you was how you actually exist in this life and in your business Okay, because what we're saying resonates with you in that change, the idea of having to change your approach to your life and your business is causing you discomfort. Well, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Now, for the rest of you, set big goals and then multiply them by 10. If you want to have $100,000 this year saved, maybe instead you say you're going to have 250000 saved this year. If you want to buy a new watch this year, make it a gold Rolex. If you want to buy a car this year, screw the Hyundai. Go out and buy a new Mercedes. Seriously, think bigger. Now, when you have the money to accomplish those particular goals, when you've actually earned the money to do it, maybe you choose not to. Maybe you choose to still buy the Hyundai and you save the money and buy a rental property. That's good, too. But you have to at least aim above the target to really honestly have a spectacular life. What do you have to lose? Honestly, what do you have to lose? Think about that, guys. I mean, Julie, you and I could talk about this particular one subject forever because we've lived this way for the past 23 years of our marriage, right? That's right. Absolutely. It's an exciting topic. It's a lot more fun it than is. being it's stagnant fun. your whole life. You That's know, right. what if this is all we get? Won't you be mad at the end? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you didn't do anything with it, I know I would be. All right. Ready for the next point? Yes. All right. Perfect. So achieve five little goals each day. A lot of you guys come to your calls, I'm frustrated, I'm overwhelmed, I have so much going on. Five little goals each day, even just three little goals. But if it was five each day, in 12 months, that habit will produce 1,850 smaller goals, which will amount to a massive transformation. That's kind Pretty of incredible, simple. isn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's a lot of goals, read, right? that point. read that point again. All right, so achieve five little goals each day. In 12 months, this habit will produce 1,850 little goals, which will, of course, amount to a massive transformation. So what would be those little goals, Julie? Give us some examples. Well, you know, in real estate, we, we have these massive lists and stacks of paper and stuff that we have to get done, right? So I like to whittle it down to the things that make the most difference, which would be, you know, it's easy to go back to the core stuff, right, because that's, that's what moves your business forward. So business-wise, it would be never ending the day without following up on 100% of your leads. 
that's not even a small goal. That's a really huge goal, right? I mean, if you just did that, some of you guys I have seen as a coach just getting really good at urgency and lead follow-up, using the scripts that we teach you in lead follow-up, really pursuing those people and deciding is this a deal or isn't it, that can have an agent pop in business up to 30% year over year. It's crazy. So the next thing would be uh, pre-qualifying everybody, becoming a great presenter, and doing something daily to improve your listing skills. As a real estate professional, that is probably the most significant thing that you can be working on after following up on all of your leads. As far as on the personal side, you know, a lot of these points we've talked about on this call are, you know, exercising in the morning, having daily minimum standards. But realize that you don't have to do it all at once. 1,850 little things done, it just takes five things a day. That's it. That's true. You know what? We're going to wrap there, Julie. We're going to wrap for the day. So, guys, listen. Go back and listen to the past radio shows. Your homework from today's radio show, the one thing we ask you to do is share the radio show. Help us to make this radio show viral. The information that we're giving you is designed specifically agents. We're the only agent-centric coaching company that there is. Everybody else is focusing on brokers and basically kind of a top-down approach. We realize, we know, and we embrace the fact that you are the heart of this industry. It's you that makes the difference, fellow agents. So this radio show and the information that we're sharing with you and all of our coaching, frankly, is specifically designed for agents who or want to be top producing agents. So do us a favor, share this information with as many agents as you can, and we'll talk with you tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.